Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. For many of you, the Mideast Prophecy Update is a staple of your weekly discipleship. We are so very thankful for everyone who listens and watches the Prophecy Updates. Today, Pastor J.D. will do a sort of review dating back to 2006 when this ministry first started. It's amazing to see just how much has developed over the years. And we say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on March 24th, 2019. Back in 2006 when we started these Prophecy Updates, we weren't talking about what we're talking about today. I could not have stood before you, as is my privilege to do every week, and talk about Isaiah 17.1 in real time. I could talk about Isaiah 17.1, I could talk about Ezekiel 38, but it was in the future tense that there's coming a time when Russia, Iran, and Turkey from the north vis-a-vis Syria and the Golan will attack Israel, who at that time, yet future, will be prosperous. In 2006, Israel was prospering. But today, 14 years later, 2019, Israel's prosperity is the envy of the entire world, namely Russia, who wants what Israel has. Exactly as we were told it would be. I want to make a statement, and I probably should preface it because of maybe your response to it. Maybe more in the form of a question. Here's the question. What if this is it? What do you mean? Okay. What if, I mean, we've been talking about this for 14 years here at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. I've been talking about Bible prophecy, teaching Bible prophecy for many, many more years. But let's just say for the last 14 years, I have talked with you about how close we are to our redemption drawing near. That the rapture can happen at any time. In fact, some of you, if, if you're honest, may be tired of me telling you every week we draw ever so near to our redemption. You said that last week. I know, I'm going to say it next week too, if we're here still. 
Okay? What if? What if this is it? You might say, what if it's not? Okay, that's fine. I would rather be ready for if this is it, than I would not be ready if this is not it. In other words, I'm ready for whenever it is. So if this isn't it, fine. I don't know how much longer it can go. No man knows the day or the hour, but we can know that it's at the door, that our redemption draws near. So I ask you, what if this is it? Certainly could be. Is not everything lining up exactly as we were told it would? Here we are in March of 2019, and look at everything that is coming together at the precise, exact time simultaneously. It should give us pause to stop and consider. Maybe for some, it's that much-needed wake-up call, as it were. Maybe for some, there's a spiritual slumber. And maybe now, when you look around and see what's happening and how close we are, maybe you realize it's time to get up, time to wake up, time to look up. In Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul said, Do this. Understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. This was 2,000 years ago, not 14 years ago. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So, Let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Simply put, there's no more time for that. There's no more time. The time is at hand. Wake up. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Jesus said, I come at an hour you expect not. What if that hour is today? What would you do differently if you knew without any doubt that Jesus Christ was going to rapture His church at 3 o'clock this afternoon? Actually, He can't. We have a memorial service, so let's go with 6. Well, that's fine too, I guess. (laughs) Way more better, actually, now that I think of it. I'm sorry to make light of that, but... What would you do between now and then? No, without any doubt, you knew he was coming back today, this afternoon. Who would you call? What would you do? 
Can I humbly make a suggestion? You best be doing it. You best be doing it now. That's how close I believe we are. And I ask you again this question, what will you lose by being ready and not having the Lord come as soon as you hoped? What, what, let me say it this way, there's never going to be anybody in heaven saying, man, I sure wish I wouldn't have gotten ready for the Lord's return when I did. Nobody's going to say that. Titus echoes the same thing in chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. He says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and, pay attention to this, purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. What? You know what that that means? That means that the one who looks for, with great anticipation, the blessed hope of the soon appearing of Jesus Christ, That's the one that the Apostle John says purifies himself. In other words, gets his affairs in order. Gets his affairs in order. There's not much time left. There's no time to play church. You'll forgive me. I I don't mean to yell. (laughs) Why are you laughing when I say that? (laughs) I just, I want to scream it from the, the rooftops. And I don't speak of this church, obviously, when I say this. I speak in general terms, but the church is playing around, playing church. Church is longing for the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's not their blessed hope. I think of what Jesus said when he returns, is he going to find any faith on the earth? I think of the letter to the church of Philadelphia in Revelation. It's almost like he's, <laughs> he's telling them, just hang on a little bit longer. I know you're weary. I know you have little strength. Just hang on. I'm going to keep you from the hour of tribulation that is coming upon the entire earth. Just hang on. Hold on to what you have. You have not denied my name. You have kept my word. He's commending them. You can hardly find a church. We get this all the time. People emailing us and commenting on social media. 
they can't find a church anywhere that preaches the Word, let alone talks about Bible prophecy. Which, by the way, when you're teaching and preaching the whole counsel of God, one-third of the Bible is prophecy. So it's kind of like, I'm going to try this again, separating Simon from noodles, or noodles from Simon. Okay, I will never try that one again. There's got to be a better illustration. You cannot separate the two. One-third of the Bible is prophecy. And did you know that the first prophecy was in the book of Genesis, chapter 3? The first prophecy in the Bible is in the book of Genesis. It's about the coming Savior of the world who would be born of a virgin. That's the first prophecy in the Bible. Well... I'm going to continue to speak these things. I'm going to continue to exhort and rebuke with all the authority that God's given me as a preacher of His Word, as a preacher of the Gospel. I will never cease from proclaiming. Paul said, a curse come upon me if I ever cease from preaching the Gospel of Jesus Christ. A curse come upon me if I stop giving you and teaching you the whole counsel of God from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. You know what I want to hear, and I I know all of you want to hear it too, when that trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain are caught up, raptured up, to be with the Lord in the air and forever be with the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, I want him to say to me, well done. Good job. You were a faithful servant. Enter in. Enter into the joy that awaits you. That's what gets me through the day. (laughs) That's what enables me to sleep at night, is knowing that that day's coming very soon. Soon and very soon. This is why we do these prophecy updates and we'll continue on a weekly basis to talk about Bible prophecy. It's also why we're going to continue to share, very simply, the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ and how to be saved by way of the ABCs of salvation. What is the gospel? Well, the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians in his first epistle, chapter 15, basically describes and explains the gospel this way. Jesus Christ came. He was crucified. He died on that cross. He was buried in the grave, and he rose again from the dead on the third day. And, as the Apostle Paul would write to the Thessalonian church, the gospel, the good news is that he's coming back one day. That's the good news, the gospel. Now, how do you respond to the gospel? Here is this good news that has been given to us freely. Are we going to freely receive that which is being offered to us? The free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus? 
our Lord. It's not of works, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says. We're saved by grace through faith. It is the gift from God. It is not of works, lest any of us should ever boast that we somehow earned it or did something to get it. The gospel is Jesus Christ was crucified, buried, rose again on the third day, and is coming back again one day. And every single one of us here today, every man, woman, and child, I should qualify that above the age of accountability, will be granted access into heaven on the basis of what they did with what Jesus Christ did. He is freely offering this free gift of eternal life. Now, how do we respond? How do we receive that gift? It's ABC simple. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned and that you need the Savior. This is really what it means to repent, in the sense that you're acknowledging your sin, you're turning from your sin, you're turning to Him as the Savior who paid in full for your sin. Romans 3 verse 10 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 says, All, keyword all, have sinned, and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 actually sort of packages the good news with the bad news with the bad news first, which I think is important. Because when it comes to man acknowledging his sin, they have to understand how that they have sinned. Well, I'm a good person. Well, you might be a good person, but you can't be good enough because all have fallen short of the glory of God. So I need to understand that I have transgressed against God's perfect law. I have sinned against God. I have broken His law. And the wages of that breaking of His law is death. It's the death penalty. I've broken the law and I'm sentenced to death. That's the bad news, and that's what Romans 6.23 says. For the wages of sin is death. But, here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A, here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And here's the C. It's for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will, will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13, all, there's that key word again, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. One last thing.
This will be the last, last thing for sure. So Pastor Mac handed this to me before I came out. And uh, is it okay if I share this? Okay. First grade student, right? Okay, so this is the lesson. And I want you to listen to the answer to question number seven. Write a sentence to tell how you would help a friend trust God more. Draw a picture of yourself encouraging your friend on the back. This was the answer from this uh, first grade uh, student. Tell them to read my Bible. Tell them my ABCs. A, admit you are a sinner. B, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. C, Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Oh my goodness. Thank you for it. Out of the mouths of babes, Jesus said, unless you become like that first grader, like a child, cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I implore you today, if you have never called upon the name of the Lord to be saved, today is the day of your salvation. I I plead with you, if you're watching online and you're still scratching your head as to how you ended up watching this video that showed up in your feed. That's not an accident, by the way. (laughs) That's the Lord. And you know it. And you've been searching. And nothing has filled that emptiness, that void in your life, that ache in your heart. And that's why the Lord brought you to this video today. Today is the day of your salvation. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you that we know how it ends. Lord, thank you that in the end, you will have the final word, the word of your testimony, the spirit of prophecy. Lord, thank you for giving us prophecy in the Bible so that we would know just how close we are to that trumpet sounding. Lord, we believe that your return is very near. So, Lord, if there's anybody here in this church today or watching online that has never called upon you, put their trust in you, Lord, I pray that today they would make the most important decision of their lives for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. 
Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is the Savior of the world. He gave his own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.